0: You're listening to fmgradio.com.
1: I welcome you to the holistic Health Show. I'm Dr. Carl O.Heelvy, your host. My first guest, Dr. Daniel Togood, graduated from UC Santa Barbara in 1973 with a degree in physical education. In 1983, he graduated from Cleveland Chiropractic College in Los Angeles and began practicing at the International Sports Medicine Institute in West Los Angeles where he treated many of the athletes in the 1984 Los Angeles Olympics. He opened his own practice in Apple Valley, California in 1985 and it was there that he discovered the diet-pain connection. He wrote his first book, No Milk, in 1991. As he learned more, he has written three more books, How to Rid Your Body of Pain in 1996, MSG is Everywhere in 1997, and just released his newest book, Chronic Pain Gone in 90 Days. He is currently practicing in Apple Valley, and is available for interviews and talks. I welcome you to the Holistic Health Show, Dr. Dan, and I look forward to hearing about chronic pain and how it can be alleviated in 90 days. Now first, what is the difference between pain and chronic pain?
2: That's a significant thing to know. The, the problem with chronic conditions is that is that they are treated the same as regular conditions like pain. We all know what pain is. Pain is when you stub your toe or you bonk your head or you strain your back or twist an ankle. That causes pain. We've all experienced that thousands of times in our lives and we always know that that goes away eventually, whether we get treatment or not. It goes away in a reasonable period of time. The pain is gone. Mm-hmm. Chronic pain feels exactly the same as regular pain, whether it's sharp or dull or radiating or whatever it is. The problem is it doesn't go away. And and because they both feel the same and both pain and chronic pain are caused by inflammation, they are treated exactly the same. Mm-hmm.
3: If you strain mm-hmm. your
2: back and don't and, and go to a doctor, Uh, he'll put you on some pills and take you off of work for a few weeks and most of the time you recover and go back to work Mm -hmm. but if you don't recover what do they do they give you more of the same pills they take you off of work for a longer period of time they treat it exactly the same and that's why chronic pain fails to respond to conventional medicine. So the way I compare the two is is both pain and chronic pain are caused by inflammation. Mm-hmm. So as a metaphor, if we can use a fire like a campfire as, as a representing inflammation, which is what causes pain. Anytime there's pain, there's an inflammatory process. If you look at a campfire that represents regular pain, if you want that fire to go out, if you want the inflammation to be gone, then what do you do? You don't have to do anything. Just stop stoking it with wood and the fire will burn itself out all by itself, just like regular pain will go away. Mm -hmm. If you wanna use conventional techniques, you can throw water on it or throw dirt on it or use a fire extinguisher and the fire will go out. Now, if you look at this other fire that looks exactly the same that represents the inflammation of chronic pain, if you leave it alone and wait for it to go away, like a lot of people do with their injuries, and it doesn't go away, then after a reasonable period of time, you're kind of going, okay, this should have gone out by now, what's wrong? Mm -hmm. So you use conventional techniques, like you throw some water on it or some dirt on it, and what you find is the flames recede uh, for a brief period of time, and then they come back. So now you realize that this fire is not going to respond to regular firefighting techniques. So if you want to just keep doing the same thing over and over again, like what doctors do for chronic pain, you're not going to get anywhere. The fire keeps coming back. Mm -hmm. So if you do a little bit of digging around the fire, and you find that there's a gas pipe that runs underneath the fire, and it has a leak, and this gas pipe is leaking this pro-inflammatory substance into the fire, feeding the flames. And so now it makes sense to you, aha, this fire's not going out because being fed by this pro-inflammatory substance, which is the gas, Mm -hmm. And you know now that the only way to put this fire out is you have to stop that flow of gas. So you can either fix the leak or turn off the the valve and shut that down. And once that happens, once the gas is no longer feeding the fire, that fire can be put out using regular means or just waiting for it to go out. Mm -hmm. So the analogy means that my discovery is 30 years ago is that chronic pain is caused by specific pro-inflammatory substances that enter the bloodstream and feed the inflammation. So when you have an injury or stress to your body, the inflammation starts, but it won't go out because you continue to feed the inflammation with these pro-inflammatory substances.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: So that's what the basis, it's a very simple concept. So it's a matter of finding out what those substances are and eliminating them. Mm -hmm.
1: Now, can you use objective tools to measure pain, or is it a subjective response of the patient?
2: I use both. uh, In my practice, I'm a chiropractor, and I practice like all doctors do, and that is Mm -hmm. you look for both objective and subjective Mm -hmm. symptoms. You know, you look for decreases in range of motion. You can palpate and feel where there's inflammation or tenderness. So Mm -hmm. there's that uh, objective finding. But the most significant to me is the subjective, the patient describing how they feel. Mm -hmm. You know, I trust patients to tell me the truth when they're in pain. I believe them, and when they say they're not in pain, I believe them, and then we back that up with objective tests, mm-hmm. but as far as finding out what the specific substances are, that's, that's also, uh, you have to go through an objective process, but it relies on the subjective reporting of the patient mm-hmm. and the examination of the patient, so we put it all together.
1: Mm-hmm. Great, good. Then, how did you discover that diet and pain are related?
2: Well, as, as a lot of discoveries go, it was accidental. I was taught in, in school that pain is caused by physical stress, you know, mm-hmm. when you have back pain it's because you bent, you lifted, you twisted, you fell, no. you had an accident, a work-related mm-hmm. injury, etc., and but I started noticing that a lot of patients came in and said they had severe back pain but they didn't do anything. They, they said, I didn't strain my back, I didn't pick up anything heavy, I just was, you know, doing what I normally do and all of a sudden my, I have the severe back pain, so that started puzzling me and what I used to do is go back in the history maybe two or three weeks or a month and say oh remember that day you moved that refrigerator a month ago that's when you injured your back and it started hurting just yesterday Mm -hmm. Well, when you start talking like that after a while it doesn't really make sense you know if you twist your ankle it doesn't start hurting a month from now it hurts pretty much right away or that night so it didn't really make sense to me and I started asking more and more questions but then I had a patient come in and tell me a weird story that I didn't believe he came in for a shoulder problem I asked him if he had any back problems, and he said, yeah, I had back pain and headaches for 20 years, but they're gone now. And I said, wow, usually if you have something for 20 years, you have a chronic condition, and it doesn't go away. That's Mm -hmm. the the meaning of chronic. Mm -hmm. And he said, no, no, it's been gone for two years, and he told me that it was... Uh, that he eliminated one particular food in his diet, and that solved his problem. Wow. And that every time he ate that food in the future, it, it caused his back pain and headaches to come back. Mm-hmm. I had never heard anything like that. I wasn't mm-hmm. taught anything like that in school. I didn't really believe him, and I told him so. But then, you know, as us <laughs> practitioners do in desperate cases, I started experimenting mm-hmm. with it, and I found that it was true. So mm-hmm. that was when, how it all started back in 1985.
1: Mm-hmm. Are there certain things that trigger it for many people, or is it all very... Individual. Well, it,
2: it varies, but there are main triggers. And and I go by statistics and, and everything that I'm sharing with your listeners today is based on experience. It's not, it's not an observation, it's not theoretical, it's what I've seen in practice. Mm-hmm. So I can mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. this, that most cases of chronic pain, which include fibromyalgia, rheumatoid arthritis, migraines, chronic back pain, etc., irritable bowel syndrome, psoriasis, eczema, there's a long list of uh, chronic inflammatory conditions most of them will be alleviated by the elimination of one particular protein a specific protein and that protein is casein Mm -hmm. and it's found in milk and dairy foods which you know is a huge pillar of the standard american diet Mm -hmm. and hugely responsible for a lot of the health problems we have so it took me years to figure out that it was that specific protein that caused the reaction but that's what it turned out to be. So casein Mm -hmm. in milk and dairy foods cause most cases of chronic pain. That means more than 50% of the people walking around with chronic back pain, migraines, fibromyalgia, etc. will find relief from their symptoms usually total or close to it by the complete elimination of that particular protein. Mm -hmm. And the reason I picked that protein is because I knew in the beginning it was milk and dairy foods but I didn't know what it was. But as it turns out, there are many non-dairy items on the market, like non-dairy coffee creamers, soy cheeses, et cetera, that contain a, a substance called sodium caseinate. Mm-hmm. It's casein with A-T-E on the end. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, patients who react to milk and dairy foods with some kind of inflammatory condition also react to caseinate in non-dairy items. So they have to eliminate both of those. And then mm-hmm. the other thing which will really bum out your listeners is that All the patients that I've observed that react with some form of pain to casein or caseinate, they also react to chocolate. Mm -hmm. Chocolate is the most powerful cause of pain. Mm -hmm. Now, all of that sounds probably weird to people who hear it the first time because that's my experience with patients. But once you start looking in that direction, when you have some kind of painful condition, when instead of looking at what you did, if you look in addition to what you ate, you will start seeing the connections that I've seen. So I started doing that back in 1985, and I wrote my first book in 1991, and it was called No Milk mm-hmm. because of what I had seen. But mm-hmm. I also realized that there were a lot of patients who recovered once they successfully eliminated all those the, the, the dairy protein, casein-8, non-dairy foods, and chocolate but there are still other patients that they didn't respond that way. They still had their chronic conditions. So of course my thinking was, well, if, if that protein being ingested can cause the inflammatory reaction that manifests itself as chronic pain, then there must be other substances too. And so I started doing more and more questioning of patients and I discovered that there are certainly other substances. And so mm-hmm my list has gotten a little bit longer and as he, as we go you know casein caseinate and chocolate that's most cases of chronic pain mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then there's other substances that are responsible for not as many but still plenty so when you go through my whole list you end up getting about 95 to 100% of all people who suffer with chronic pain will get relief if they eliminate all of those substances mm-hmm. most of them find though that it's usually only one or two of those substances that cause their reaction
1: mm-hmm. Why haven't I heard of this? Is this not common knowledge?
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. The first book was written by a couple of medical doctors in 1943. Uh, Herbert Rinkel and Theron Randolph wrote a book called Food Allergies back in 1943. And sort of, it's sort of a cult classic with uh, mm-hmm. a lot of practitioners who practice like I do mm-hmm. that believe that health is affected by what you, what you swallow, your diet, mm-hmm. medications, supplements, food additives. Beverages, etc., and that book came out, and a lot of us know about it, but most doctors don't know anything about it. So it's been an uphill battle because I don't really know why. Probably because of the pharmaceutical companies and and whatnot. But it it, it amazes me that people are surprised that if you eat foods it can have an effect on your health, mm-hmm. but that is the foundation of modern medicine. If you go to a medical doctor with any kind of condition, whether it's a thyroid or your heart or blood pressure or pain. They are going to instruct you to swallow a specific substance at a specific dose and allow it to get into your bloodstream. And they know that that is going to have an effect. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't seem like too far of a reach to go, hey, maybe people also react to foods and food additives and supplements and beverages, et mm-hmm. And that's what I've extrapolated, and, and it's true. But it's been an uphill battle. There is a lot of research out there that, that uh, doctors and practitioners have seen what I've seen, but it has not become common knowledge yet oh. because, uh, I don't know why, because mm-hmm. medical doctors aren't open to the diet causing anything other than obesity or starvation.
1: Right, right. And you also say that conventional medicine is ineffective for pain, but that you right. can help patients get rid of their pain in 90 days. Can you tell us a bit about that?
2: Sure. If, you, if anybody has experienced any kind of pain, whether you twisted your ankle or cut yourself, and if you watch the the amazing healing process of the human body, at first the there is an inflammatory reaction and you're sore and you're swollen and you hurt and you bleed. And then over the course of time without doing anything, usually within 7 to 30 days, that inflammation goes way down and the pain is gone. And then between 30 and 60 and 90 days, healing takes place. And by 90 days, you can look at where you cut yourself or twisted your ankle. There's no sign of the injury. Your body was put back together again. So that's how the human body heals. Once there is no interference with the healing process, Mm -hmm. it takes within 90 days. Most people, if we eliminate these specific pro-inflammatory substances that are causing their problems, they will see results within 7 to 30 days. They Mm -hmm. may not be totally healed, but they will see a big difference. Mm -hmm. So the mentality here is different than what everybody in this country has, and that is that what people think with chronic conditions is that if there's something wrong with them, they need to take something. They need, what, it, what is it? Is it a medication? Is it a supplement? Is it an herb? What is it they need to take? My approach is the opposite, and that is, if your healing mechanism is not working properly and you have a chronic condition, something is interfering with it, and you don't have to add something. You have to subtract something. Like if you have a cough, you know, you don't take a cough suppressant. You quit smoking. So that's my whole approach. You subtract the substances that are contributing to your illness.
1: Mm-hmm. Great, good. Then Dr. Dan, would you tell us about your books, services, products, and how the listeners can reach you?
2: Sure. My name is Dr. Dan Toogood. My last name is spelled like the number two and good. So that's T W O G O O D. The latest book I wrote is called Chronic Pain Gone Ninety Days. You can get a hold of it at Amazon.com or on the internet. I'm about to make an app out of it so that'll be an easily downloaded thing once we get all the technology worked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go to my web page at www.chronicpaingone90days.com and see some stories and get some information there. I'm doing some talks in the Southern California area in the next few months and my web page talks about those. So this is and also if you if you read my book, this book that I wrote Chronic Pain Gone 90 Days. I've written several books before that that were pretty thick, 250, 350 pages. But I'm telling you, if you you suffer from some chronic condition and you want to get rid of it, you don't want to open a book and then see a giant pile of words that you have to wade through. So Mm -hmm. this book is written very schematically. When you open this book and start reading, you will know within five minutes what it is you have to do in order to get rid of your chronic pain. Mm-hmm. And then when you read the rest of the book, you'll find out why you're doing this and what you can expect. So it's written very easily pe- for people to understand and know exactly what they want to do. Mm-hmm. You can also contact me by email. My email address is drtwogood at aol.com. Mm-hmm. So I'm open to sharing all this information. Get a hold of the book. It's easy to read, and it'll tell you exactly what you do to get rid of chronic pain in 90 days.
1: And do you have some parting words?
2: Yes. There is hope. Just because your disease is called chronic or something that's not going to get better and your doctor has told you to learn to live with it, There are many, many other options, and that's what my book is about. You can learn to live without pain instead of living with pain by making simple changes to the substances you're putting in your body, which are specific foods, additives, supplements, and many medications cause a lot of these symptoms. So there is hope. If you find my information and read through it, you will know exactly what you have to do.
1: Great. I appreciate this because so many people have back pain, and it's something that... I've seen my sister go through years, it seemed like, with the chiropractor, and then she still ended up having to have the fusion and all of that. It would be nice if there were you know, if you could Yeah,
2: there there deal there is hope. It There's it's the second most common malady after the common cold that is drives that? people to go to doctors. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So uh, there is hope, and, and like I said, that's that's what I've seen in, in my practice. Many, many people respond very well by mm-hmm. making these specific changes mm-hmm. that are going to eliminate their pain.
1: Great. Great. Well, I thank you very much. I appreciate it. And I'll well, talk thank you, to you for you having
2: again. me on, Dr. Carl, and uh, I hope some people got some good information.
1: Thank you, Dr. Dan. Thank you. Denise Marie publisher of A Distinctive Style magazine at www.adistinctivestyle.com has brought us another great magazine, the spring 2013 issue that is filled with inspirational stories and music as well as information on social health and life issues. Because of my years working with homeless populations, I was immediately drawn to the story and trailer of on Homeless to Hollywood that tells of a girl with a dream of being an artist who was also homeless and afraid of telling her classmates because she thought they would make fun of her. She and her family moved from shelter to shelter over 30 times, but she continued her dreams and painting to become an artist. The recent documentary in her name won an Academy Award for Best Documentary Short Film. Another human interest story is about Tim Harris, a restaurant owner who gives out hugs to all customers. Tim, who has Down syndrome, lives a productive life and talks about his life, marriage, and future. Two musical segments were memorable for me. One was the story and music video of Sister Rosetta Thorpe, the godmother of rock and roll, who performed in the 30s and 40s. This great music brought back memories of visits to the jazz and rock and roll clubs when I lived in New York City in the 50s. The second segment was a video by Joss Groban singing his new song, Brave. He has sold over 25 million albums, and many of us know him and his music. Social issues including the fracking potential in New York State, the FDA approval of aspartame as a hidden unlabeled additive in milk and other dairy products, the harmful effects of the microwave, the dangers of five chemical companies taking control of our seeds and its influence on food safety and diversity, and stopping violence against women with February 14, 2013, the V-Day to involve one million women and those who love them to walk out, dance, rise up and demand and end violence. As the new Healthy Living Editor, I wrote an article on holistic approaches to preventing and treating wrinkles without surgery and also interviewed Dr. Fred Pescatori on natural ways to deal with seasonal allergies. Last were articles on Ann Richards, the 45th governor of Texas, and the new one-woman Broadway show on her life. And another story about her daughter, Cecile Richards, who has been a strong advocate for women and involved in issues ranging from Roe v. Wade to more recently joining Planned Parenthood as president. With these and other stories, you won't want to miss this issue of a distinctive style magazine at www.adistinctivestyle.com. Sharon Carney has a Master's of Fine Arts, is an author, speaker, musician, recording artist, sound healer, Reiki master, and consultant. She has been a faculty member of the Conservator at Mount Royal University University in Calgary, Alberta, since 1988. Sharon is the founder of Sound Wellness, whose programs are at the forefront of education in how sound and music can be easily applied to your everyday life to reduce stress, help you concentrate, energize you, support your health, bring harmony to your life, and so much more. Sharon is the author of Listening from the Inside Out, and has produced and recorded several CDs, both solo and with others. She is invited to speak about sound healing to a wide variety of corporate and private audiences, many within the medical community. I welcome you to the Holistic Health Show, Sharon, and I look forward to hearing about sound healing. Now first, can you tell us what is sound healing?
4: Sound healing is a huge tool to help you strengthen and maintain your health. Sound itself is defined as vibrational energy. And sound healing or sound therapy describes a wide variety of techniques and technologies that uses sound vibration to make make an immediate change in your body. And what that does then is it stimulates a natural healing response at the physical, the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual levels.
1: Mm-hmm. And how is the human body wired for sound?
4: Oh, this is absolutely fascinating, Carl. Not everybody knows that sound moves through your body four and a half times faster than it goes through the air, and twelve times faster through your bones.
1: Hmm. And how does our own music collection support our health?
4: Well, this is a really fascinating fascinating question, because when another way the human body is wired for sound is that whenever you walk into your local grocery store, there's always music playing. And it takes only minutes for your heartbeat to match the rhythm of the music playing. And we have no off switch for that. It works whether or not you're even paying any attention to the music. Now, the interesting thing about changing the heartbeat is that the heartbeat is also connected intimately with two other systems, with your breathing and with your brainwave state. Mm-hmm. So when you change any one of those, you change all three of them. And another another aspect of what I call the fundamental... fundamental I guess the fundamental rules about sound, or fundamental principles about sound, and especially this aspect, is that when you use slow rhythms or lower frequencies, then that will slow down the heartbeat. And that in turn slows down your breathing and your brainwave state, which causes a relaxation response in the body. Mm-hmm. Slow rhythms. And lower frequencies, low frequencies like the tuba, the low range of the voice the the large double bass in the orchestra, any th- sounds that you can think of that are low now on the other side, the second principle is that high frequencies stimulate the mind, they speed up the and faster them speed up the heartbeat now. When you take a look at your music collection, if you come home from work, for example, and you've had a really tough day, and many of us have those, you can go to your music collection and look for pieces with slow rhythms and lower frequencies. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're feeling very, very stressed and you need to really release a lot of stress energy, then sometimes the heavy beat of rock and roll music can be helpful. Now... This is a bit of a problem. Most of us have collection of music that we really like. One of the main problems with using music and sound is that each one of us is wired individually to respond to sound. We all have our own unique response. So because your music collection is music that you like, then it will be effective in mm-hmm. changing your heartbeat. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Now, if you're driving, and you need to stay awake and stay more alert for example slow rhythms and lower frequencies may not be the best the best choice mm-hmm. so one of the things that you can choose is something with higher frequencies like flutes and clarinets or voices in their higher range and also fast rhythms because that'll speed up your heartbeat and keep your your mind more alert
1: mm-hmm. That must be why I got to New York so fast a year ago last summer when I was using boogie rhythms from the fifties.
4: Oh, that would do it. How wonderful.
3: <laughs> yeah,
4: most it's interesting, Carl, how so many of us intuitively choose this.
3: Mm-hmm. But
4: when you know that those slow rhythms will slow you down slow down your heartbeat and the faster rhythms will speed up your heartbeat, you can make more conscious and effective choices. Mm-hmm. That's awesome.
1: And most of us, or many of us, are familiar with the 90-mile-an-hour mind that can Mm -hmm. be stressful to the body. Is there a sound tool to slow down the speeding mind?
4: Oh, yes. There's actually several ways of slowing down the speeding mind. One of my favorites is to use a Tibetan bowl, a handmade singing Tibetan bowl, has a number of frequencies in it that all sound at once, and when these frequencies sound all at once, they create a wavering in the sound. It's kind of like the ah, ah, ah sound, or ah mm-hmm. in some of the higher frequencies, or a slower mm-hmm. wavering in some of the low sounds. Now, those are are ways of entraining the mind, or or ways of that that those. Those wavering sounds f- affect the mind by changing the brainwave state. Particularly if you've got a bowl that feels right to you, it slows down the mind.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And that is a wonderful way of of calming it down and helping you to to get out of that state where your mind is just racing. Mm-hmm. This is one of the symptoms of having of too much stress.
3: Mm-hmm. There's
4: a lot of extra glucose in the bloodstream that's created by the release of these stress hormones, cortisol and adrenaline, and when that keeps going and going and going and you don't, the body isn't released or or isn't allowed to release these stress hormones, that extra glucose in the bloodstream just gives us that racing mind, and when you're trying to sleep, that's not ideal. Mhm
1: mhm, That must be why sometimes, when I meditate, I pull out the singing bowls, yeah for the music in the yes, background ab-
4: yeah, absolutely you can if you haven't got a place nearby where you can find one of your own bowls that feels right to you. Remember, we're all individually wired for sound, that it takes a little exploration to find the bowl that feels right to you and the sound that feels right to you. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure you can find all kinds of recordings on the Internet Mm -hmm. that would work. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. Then, uh, Sharon, many of us are also familiar with the attention that we give to healthy eating. And is there such a thing as healthy sound?
4: Yes, absolutely. Some of the healthiest sounds that there are for the human being are bird song, water, that gently bubbling water or ocean waves, and wind. We evolved with these sounds. For example, when the birds are singing, we evolved with the knowledge that it's safe. When you're in the forest, if there's other large predators and animals around, then the birds are going to be quiet. Mm -hmm. So we know intuitively and instinctively that when birds are singing, we feel safe. And for us, that's a healthy response because that lowers the stress hormones in the body. Actually, there's some interesting research that Dr. Joe Dispenza did uh, with with natural sounds like birdsong and water and wind. Mm -hmm. And he found that there was an 800% reduction in stress hormones. By having mm-hmm. people listen to to nature natural sounds,
1: mm-hmm.
4: isn't that a phenomenal number?
1: Right, right. Yeah. And I often I've got a a file on water, sounds like water over a falls that I play often when I'm working on the computer. It's just nice to kind of reach down there and click on it and listen to that while I'm working on the computer. So. That's nice to know.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I found that out and started looking into the research on birds and water and wind, two of my favorites are are wood, woodland birds and and gently bubbling water for me. Mm-hmm. So I created my own CD. I have the ability to to put together files and create a CD, and I use that. Uh, in fact, be, when I started doing more and more research on how much this sound reduces stress. We're giving my CD away on our website
3: Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. our
4: special report because it's such an important sound for people.
3: Mm -hmm.
4: There are so many people suffering from symptoms of stress and anything that helps us manage that helps the body stay healthier.
1: Right. Then Sharon, would you tell us about your CD and your services and books or whatever you have and how listeners can reach you?
4: You can go to our website, soundwellness dot com, and there are all kinds of free things there. There, Carl.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: One of the because because birdsong and water is so important. That is that that's my CD, Woodland Song, that we give away on the main page. Mm-hmm. For those who want to learn more about sound, I have a free report and the CD, Woodland Song, that is downloadable right on the main page. Mm-hmm. We also have a free membership on the site, and there's all kinds of other downloads. I think we have some tuning forks, the Perfect Fifth tuning forks, which have some really interesting science behind them when I I learned about these forks. And after using them on myself, there's also a free download of five minutes of this sound in Mm -hmm. the free membership area. Mm
3: -hmm. And
4: all kinds of articles and videos and information so people can explore a little bit more. Mm -hmm.
3: Mm -hmm.
4: We have a lot of other programs, but it's kind of nice to find out a little bit first before you you go in a little deeper into other programs.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
4: So we offer a lot of free material there.
1: And would you give us the website again?
4: It's Mm www.soundwellness.com.
1: Great. Now, do you have any parting words, Sharon?
4: Oh, one of the most important things I recommend to people is to become more aware of the sound around you. Remember that sound goes through you and also the rhythm of music around you changes your heartbeat, your breathing and your brain waves.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Know that and be aware of what sound is around you. Most of the time we ignore it and mm-hmm. that's not the healthiest thing to do depending mm-hmm. on what sound is around us.
1: Great. Well, I appreciate this Sharon and I wish you a safe journey to your Christmas destination and I wish you a Merry Christmas.
4: Thank you, and same to you, Carl, and thank you so much Mm -hmm. for inviting me to be a guest on your show.
1: Thank you, Sharon. Jeanette Chasworth was born in California and grew up with a strong passion for travel and history. During her journeys, she discovered a hidden beauty in life's transitions and found a way to translate that beauty for her clients with the power of color and design. Chadworth is a frequent guest speaker for various radio shows and thoroughly enjoys hearing her passion to all those who want to better understand what color communicates in our everyday lives. Aside from being elected president of the Pasadena Chapter of the American Society of Interior Designers from 2011 to 2012, her work has been featured in several industrial publications, such as Fabulous Floor Magazine and Arts and Crafts Home, and currently hosts her own web-based show, Color TV, and podcast, Color Talk. Her first book what's color got to do with it, continues to garner rave reviews on and offline. I welcome you to the Holistic Health Show, Jeanette, and I look forward to hearing how color affects our health and our daily lives. Now, why did you decide to write a book on color?
3: I
0: wrote a book on color because I see so many people getting stuck there. They go into the stores, they look at all the paint colors, and it's overwhelming. And so what do they end up with? Some shade of off-white because they're scared. They don't really know what to do. They don't have the information, and they end up making a really boring choice. And this is not how people should live. We need color in our lives. Color makes such a huge impact on how we feel, how we think, and how we face the day. And so I wanted to give some of these tools to the world <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
0: and help them to make a better choice. I mean, the, they should hire designers, but not everybody's going to.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And the way that I look at color is very unique even within my trade. And they want to have a color that makes them feel good And I say, makes them feel hugged by their home. Mm -hmm. And that's what I do with my color. And I wanted to share that so other people could make a better decision. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good. And you chose an interesting title for your book. And what does color have to do with this?
0: What does color have to do with everything? Color can affect our psyche. So as a doctor, one of the most prevalent colors in hospitals is blue. Do you know why?
1: Calming, probably, or healing. <laughs>
0: it is. Well, blue is a color that helps relieve stress. It's a calming color, but it actually has an integral part of it that helps to retard disease. Okay. Oh. So, yeah, isn't that cool? Mm hmm. It also helps you lose track of time. So it's harder to tell the passage of time in blue. Mm -hmm. And if you're sitting in a hospital bed, that's the last place you want to be thinking about time. It just seems to take forever anyway. Mm -hmm. And it also inspires trust.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: And I can't think of a more vulnerable state than when you're sitting in a hospital bed and there's people coming and, you know, all the time. Mm Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. doing things
0: poking prodding <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. we're
0: going to do surgery on you you got to dress them and and most of the time if you're in the hospital bed you're really not in a position to argue with them so right. all of the blue helps with all of these things to create a sense of calm and to help you to heal faster
1: mm-hmm. then could you tell us how color can make us hungry
0: yes so if you go into restaurants and start looking on colors now, you're going to start to see these. So there are colors that will increase appetite and make you hungry, and they are basically yellow, orange, and red. And red actually helps you with your digestion. So you're going to see red in a lot of restaurants. And if you go back to fast foods and Uh, coffee shops, I'm talking coffee shops like Denny's and places like that, the main colors that they use are red and orange. It's going to be in the upholstery and in the tables in the paint and everything around. The reason they use those two colors is they both actually make you hungry but they're very intense colors Mm -hmm. they have a lot of energy to them Mm -hmm. and they are not colors you typically are comfortable sitting in for a long time. Mm -hmm. So what they do is they get you to eat more, get you to eat fast, and get out Mm -hmm. so they can get the next person in.
3: Mm.
0: Now as we've got more Starbucks and places like that, you're not going to see those colors, or at least that combination of colors, Mm -hmm. in those places. There's a new chain here called the Habit. Mm-hmm. And they did something really interesting. It, I would call it an upscale fast food place. It's a little nicer than your typical fast food place. And what they did was they have orange wood. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it's wood tone, but it's an orange tone to the wood on the tables. And then they used what we call a Chinese red. So it's got mm-hmm. an orange tint to it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And they use that as accents in the molding, and in a few places where there's paint. So they're using this, but they did it in such a more elegant way that it feels a little bit more like a restaurant,
3: Mm -hmm.
0: and yet they're still pushing you out gently.
1: Mm -hmm. Good, (laughs) get these people out. (laughs) Then uh, does color have some effect in our homes?
0: Oh, absolutely. Color is very healing. You talked about working with clients with cancer. You've got the blue that can help you with the physical. Green is a great color to help you with the emotional part of cancer because it is a very emotional disease.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: There's so many changes that go on with you, how you're dealing with other people. I mean, cancer is like just a big, scary word. So having the right colors around you can help make you heal more green is a great color to help you deal with change Mm -hmm. yellow is a color it's just happy and friendly and my my book talks about there's four different personality types and each personality type is going to get geared more towards one color or another and when you use these colors you can feel more alive Mm -hmm. in these rooms and if you look around your home most people have a room that they are drawn to anyway Mm -hmm. Maybe there's different colors in there. See what those colors are. Look in your closet. See which colors really make you feel good. I'll go in my closet every day. And, oh, I don't feel like that color today. Oh, I want that color today. Mm-hmm. I'm very in tune with this you know, sixth sense, I guess. Mm-hmm. But color affects us, how we deal with issues. I had a child that I inadvertently worked on. Mom called me in to do her home. And we went into the master bedroom, and there was a twin-size bed right there next to mom and dad's bed. Mm-hmm. What's up with this? Kid's nine years old. Oh, so she has nightmares from 9-11. And so she ends up sleeping with us most of the time. Mm. This was about five years after 9-11. And I said, well, did she know anybody in the towers? And she said, no, no, no. She just has nightmares. And we went into the kid's bedroom. And Mom had wanted to do something really special for her little princess. And she had painted kind of a carousel-type theme, And it was pink and purple stripes on the wall. And we're talking, we're talking, and the little girl's dyslexic. Mm -hmm. So do you know what the problem was?
1: Colors of a room.
0: No, no, no. It's the stripes. The dyslexia, she doesn't see straight lines. The lines were wavering. And the stripes were about 15 inches wide.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, of course, she had nightmares over nine eleven. It never ended for her. She had all these twin towers in her room, and they looked like they were just about to fall down.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I explained to Mom that this was a situation, and then I said, yellow actually helps people to learn better. So if we put yellow in here... Her grades are going to go up. She's going to sleep better. And the mother told me, yes, well, she spends a lot of time in the living room, and there's a lot of yellow in there. Mm -hmm. And so here, with a can of paint, the little girl stopped her nightmares. And how long before they would have put her on drugs?
3: Right, right.
0: If she wasn't already, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm
3: -hmm.
0: So mom and dad got their bedroom back, and the little girl got her life back. So it's really incredible the impact that color can have. Mm -hmm. And I find myself doing these types of things quite often, healing physical issues that, that's not why they call me, hi, Jeanette, by the way, my kids have nightmares, can you solve them? But they work out. Mm -hmm. And it's really amazing to see how much color truly can heal.
1: Mm -hmm. Does the colors in our room and that we wear reflect our personality? Or does our Personality dictate the colors that we'll wear and the colors we'll paint in our house.
0: Well, the colors should reflect our personality, and so there's four different personalities. Each one has very distinct colors that go with it, shades of colors that go with it, and it has to do with a level of energy that you have. Mm-hmm. So, if you're somebody who's really got a ton of energy, and you know you're like the cheerleader type. You're going to need different colors than the person who's more subdued mm-hmm. and quiet and mm-hmm. prefers a calmer life.
1: Mm-hmm. So these change mm-hmm. in one's Very
3: life.
0: Very rarely. No,
1: Very I mean, rarely. if I'm active in my uh, teenage years, I'm certainly not active like that in my elder years. So over time, uh, there are there differences in colors that we prefer?
0: So you actually asked two questions here. One is, do our personalities change over time? And yes, that's true to some extent, but typically, if you're the Mr. Outgoing person in high school, you're probably going to be outgoing as you get through life. That person rarely becomes a wallflower. If you are somebody who was very happy to have two or three friends and that was it, you may lose some of your shyness as you get older. But that core of how you relate to society and having a few friends that are really important to you probably isn't going to change much. Mm-hmm. People who crave calm always crave calm. My husband is the one who craves calm, mm-hmm. and he's been that way since I met him. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I crave noise, and I've been that way since we met in, we met in college, so mm-hmm. it's been a long time. But... It's it's who you are. So that part doesn't change dramatically. What may change is what you need. At different times of your life, you may need more calm or mm-hmm. you may need more excitement.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: There's another answer to your question, which is, do the colors we're interested in tend to change over the years? And the answer to that is yes. So there's the personal level, which we talked about, but then as an overall level, Typically, children like bright colors. Little kids, especially, two, three, the bright colors are easier for them to see and for them to register, and they like that excitement. And mm-hmm. they need that excitement at that point. The brain's a sponge, it's taking in everything it can, and the more information it can take in, the more happy it is. Mm-hmm. As we get older, we don't need as much stimulation (laughs) Mm -hmm. in fact there's usually so much else going on in our world that we tend to crave a little bit more calm and so the general rule is that as you get older you tend to like more muted colors Mm -hmm. and what's really intriguing to me is that in the world of color that we live by as designers typically the colors seen as the most affluent colors and equated with a richness are more muted colors. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that kind of goes, most people tend to get more wealthy as they get older. (laughs) And so that tends to coincide with it. So Mm -hmm. which one begets which, I can't tell you. I can tell you the two facts seem to coincide. What they're Mm -hmm. finding interesting now, though, is, With Alzheimer's they're going back to the brighter colors because they want to increase the stimulation they're going so they're going back to that whole kid idea of let's create stimulation in the brain Mm -hmm. and so they're going back to brighter colors so you're seeing instead of the convalescent hospitals being very muted very calm very dull colors Mm -hmm. they're trying to put a lot more spunk in them and giving them variation and adding more excitement to them. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, you say there's one color that you should never paint a room. Why is that? Yes. What is that and why color, is it?
0: The color is black. And if you got a 16-year-old boy, guess what his favorite color is? Black. Mm-hmm. And you can overdo it. Now, right now, there's a black and white thing that's going on. Very trendy, and there's a lot of beautiful rooms out there in the magazines that you can do that are black and white or Mm -hmm. black and gray, and it's very pretty. Mm -hmm. But as human beings, we need color. We need the light of the sunshine. It's kind of like Superman. If he doesn't have sunshine, he doesn't get to renew his powers. Mm -hmm. And we are the same way. We need the sunshine. We need light, and we need color to renew who we are. Mm Mm-hmm. How do you feel in an all dark an all dark room? There's no lights.
1: I've never been in an all dark room. I had black and white checked floor when I lived in New York back in the fifties, because that was Uh, what was very popular then. But the walls—that's a different
0: thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's very classic, very traditional. You know, very. Yeah, that's a different thing. Right. But if you're just sitting in the dark, it's not a good feeling unless you're asleep. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Right, right. <laughs> Most of
0: us don't tend towards that. So a friend of mine who does something similar to what I do, she had this client, and they were working on the house, and the son kept getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And my friend kept saying, I want to go see the son's room. I want to see the son's room. And the mother wouldn't let him, wouldn't let her, wouldn't let her. Finally, the son ends up in the hospital, and she says, i got to see his room. Turns out they'd paint everything black in the Mm. room. All the furniture was black. Literally, his adrenals were shutting down. Mm -hmm. And the doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong. They just knew this kid was really sick. And so she got in there and they changed some of the colors, added some blues, added some grays, kept some of the black pieces. So it was still very masculine and everything that he wanted. And he started getting better just as mysteriously as he started getting
1: sick. Mm -hmm. Great.
0: I mean, as doctors, they don't teach you any of this. Am I right?
1: Right. Now, Jeanette, can you tell us about your books and services and how the listeners can reach you?
0: Fantastic. The book is called What's Color Got to Do With It? It is available on Amazon, and it's also available in book form and Kindle form. Mm -hmm. The book is a great way for you to take step-by-step my tools that I use when I'm selecting color for somebody, is very easy to read. You can read one section of it if that's what you want. You can probably read the whole thing in a couple hours. Mm-hmm. I really made it to be more of a guide. I've read the large books on color. You don't need to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted to make it easy to read, easy to follow, and make it very easy for you to make a better choice. Mm-hmm. So that's the book, and I would love to help people. I can be available in person through Skype. I do online consultations or in person, Mm -hmm. and I would be very happy to help somebody.
1: And your website or address? Mm -hmm.
0: The website is Mm thecolorwhisperer.com, and my email is Jeanette, J-E-A-N-E-T-T-E, at thecolorwhisperer.com. And you can look on there, too. I've got a blog. I'm starting a podcast, and there's also uh, some videos. Um, There's a Color TV channel, so you can check out a lot of things about color and how it affects
3: you.
1: Great. Well, I thank you very much, Jeanette. This has been interesting and something new to me, and so I always like to learn new things. So I appreciate your taking the time to talk with me.
0: It was a pleasure. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you. Uh Uh-huh. I thank you for joining me today on the Holistic Health Show. I invite you to my website, www.holistichealthshow.com, where you will find all previous shows archived for your listening pleasure. You will find these under the blog. I also invite you to my website, Beat Lung Cancer, that discusses my most recent book, has a table of contents, many of the shows on radio and television that I have been involved in, as well as how you can order this book if you or a loved one has cancer and are interested in using a natural, holistic approach. I thank you for joining me today. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, your host, wishing you a great week.